At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warmer from the low. Welcome to Loving Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson. Now part of the Houston Family Podcast. And we've got a tremendous podcast for you. It's in the second segment. I'm going to be joined by Matt Joseph. So you know him better as Mid-Major Matt. He does an absolutely terrific job handicapping a little bit of everything. Per his namesake, he does a terrific job of college basketball when that's in season, but on top of that, this time of year, he is a tremendous baseball handicapper, and he takes a look at baseball in so many different ways. We've had him on the podcast quite a few times, and I believe that last year he wound up placing nine or ten different just bet styles in general because you wind up going with the first five, first five team total, individual total. You're able to go with player props out there with regards to strikeouts, total bases. So, I mean, the list goes on and on. He does a little bit of everything. And in the second segment, we're going to be chatting with him about what he all likes in Saturday, some of the tendencies with regards to the strikeout prop market. And on top of that, he is a man that is out there in the great state of Pennsylvania, more specifically out there in Philadelphia. We're going to be asking him about the resurgent Philly he says they still have not lost ever since they wound up getting rid of Joe Girardi. So we're going to be having that chat in the second segment. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Saturday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast. And we've got one or two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters here. Maybe it does not matter. So as per usual, please send these into the timeline. And the other way, find an Apple Podcast review. 
you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Via that five star review, really didn't wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, but had a great day of baseball on Friday. So let's take a look back at it. Try to find some trends and try to get to know he seems a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. Mention it at the top, and we're going to be talking more about this team in the second segment with mid-major Matt, but the Phillies, they win their eighth straight and are now 7-0 since canning Joe Girardi, 7-5. They take it to the Arizona Diamondbacks as six of those runs came in the first two innings. Zach Allen got destroyed. He's been solid all season long, just a second start this year, which he allowed more than two runs as he gave up six four of which were earned, and he got just five outs, gave up two home runs in the process. Going deep for the Philadelphia Phillies, Kyle Schwarber, 16th home run season, then Reese Hoskins would go deep off of him for his 10th home run season, then off of Sean Poppin for his 11th. As Poppin's home run, he winds up going for just two-thirds of an inning, giving up that solo home run. That's a lone run that the Diamondbacks bullpen would give up. Six and a third innings. They wind up giving up just that one run. Edwin Yuseta, four and a third innings. Scoreless Kyle Nelson and out of the bullpen, Noah Ramirez, scoreless inning, but for the Philadelphia Phillies, Kyle Gibson does just enough to be able to get the job done. Six innings pitch, gives up three runs, including a Dalton Varsho home run, ninth home run of the season. Bullpen was a little bit shaky, bright and gave up two runs in a third of an inning, but Sir Anthony Dominguez gets you a pair of outs out of the bullpen, and then Connor Brogdon, Corey Knabel, scoreless eighth and ninth innings. You wind up seeing the St. Louis Cardinals completely shut out the Cincinnati Reds 2-0 to the final. Reds have some big discrepancies home to road, hitting nearly a 270 at home, right around a 202 on the road as the Reds could muster just four hits in this one. Andre Pallanti, he was in the bullpen to begin the season. Five and a third inning scoreless from there. Genesis Cabrera gives you five outs out of the bullpen. Giovanni Gagos, Ryan Elsley, both give you a scoreless inning. And for the Cincinnati Reds, I mean, a solid start here from Luis Castillo. He gives up two runs, one of which was earned in six innings. This loss is not on him. We're on to having a pair of errors out there in the field that hurt them, but Jeff Hoffman was able to give you a scoreless inning coupled with Joel Kuno, but nothing doing for the Cincinnati Reds team on offense. And the St. Louis Cardinals, now 33 and 26, and all of a sudden it's becoming a race out there in the National League Central as the Milwaukee Brewers they wind up losing another one. They are now 33 and 27, and as a matter of fact, they are trailing the St. Louis Cardinals by half a game as they have now lost seven straight. 11 to 5 for the Washington Nationals. Get the job done here. Chase Peterson was able to get a home run for the Brewers off of Eric Fetty Wap. Sixth home run season for Fetty. Winds up giving up three runs of five and two thirds innings, including that home run. Andres Machado does wind up giving up a pair of unearned runs as Mikel Franco had a bad night out there in the field. He had a pair of errors, but that said, Steve Cizek, one and a third inning scoreless end for the Washington Nationals. A lot of deep balls in this one. Nelson Cruz, sixth home run season. Mikel Franco was able to get his fifth home run season to make up for those errors. Kibet Ruiz gets a second home run season. And then Josh Bell is able to get his sixth as for Milwaukee. Aaron Ashby gives up 13 hits and four two-thirds innings, including six runs, one of those homers. Miguel Sanchez, he gives up two home runs, gives up four runs, and got four outs. You end up having Brent Suter be able to give you a scoreless inning. Luke Barker gives up a run in an inning. So not a great night out there for the Milwaukee Brewers. Not a great night for the National League Central in general as the Chicago Cubs wind up losing in 13 innings to the New York Yankees by a count of 2-1. Fortunately, no bad beat on this total. You rightfully deserve this under as the Cubs went, and I'm not even kidding here, 0 of 18 with men in scoring position. That's almost impossible. I mean, you're bound to trip and fall into one of those being a hit. Wade Miley wound up going just three innings in this one, by the way. Three scoreless innings, but that meant that the Cubs bullpen wound up having to go in this game. Nine and two-thirds innings. They gave up two runs, one of which was earned. So this loss is not on the bullpen of the Cubs, as you do wind up having Daniel Norris wind up giving up a solo run in this one to Gleyber Torres. Love home run season, really the lone error that they wound up making. As Scott Efres, Chris Martin, Michael Givens, 
I'll give you a scoreless setting. David Robertson gives you a scoreless setting. Rowan Wick has to give you two scoreless settings. You get two scoreless out of Brandon Hughes. And by that time, you had to get to Alec Mills. And he winds up giving up the unearned run in the 13th inning. And for the New York Yankees, Luis Severino winds up being able to punch out 10 in six innings. He winds up giving up that solo home run in the process. As going deep for the Chicago Cubs, you do wind up having Jason Award get his first home run season for the Yankees. They went one of 19 with Bennett's scoring position. So both teams, they combined one of 37 with Bennett's scoring position. That has to be a record for futility or something because that is just insane. But Miguel Castro, Michael King, Clay Holmes, Juani Peralta, all able to give you scoreless settings. Ron Maracano was able to give you a scoreless 13th to be able to get the win and Clark Schmidt to scoreless settings. So that was absolutely wild and crazy. Speaking of wild and crazy, how about the San Diego Padres just being able to completely shellac the Colorado Rockies? 9 to 0, the finalist. Chad Cool ends giving up five runs in four and a third innings. He was not cool as Manny Machado wanted taking him deep. 10th home run season. Who was cool? Joe Musgrove. He has went at least six innings in every one of his 11 starts now. Six scoreless here. Craig Salmon, Tim Mill, along with Stephen Wilson, all able to give you a scoreless setting in for the Rockies. Right now, they are in the bottom five in terms of bullpen right in the league. And Ty Block didn't help that out. Four runs given up in two and two-thirds innings as Lucas Gilbreth was able to give you a scoreless setting along the way. But not terrific out there for the LA Angels. Now they've lost 15 games in their last 16 as the Mets continue the Angels' miss. 7-3 the final as you wind up having Tyler McGill come back from the injured list not long for this game. Gives up two runs over the course of three and a third innings including a home run to Brandon Marsh his fifth home run season and Marsh will go deep off of David Peterson not living up to that Peterson name as he winds up getting his sixth out there as Peterson gave up just that home run in two and two thirds innings so not bad for the Peterson namesake. Drew Smith, along with Edwin Diaz, give you a scoreless inning. Adam Adovino, Jolie Rodriguez, they combined for a scoreless inning as Brandon Nimmo was able to take Andrew Wants deep, fourth home run of the season. He probably wants that one back as he allowed one run in two innings and Jonathan Diaz got the start and he was pulled very early in this one. He winds up giving up three runs over the course of a one and two-thirds innings. Archie Bradley gives you one and a third inning scoreless. Jimmy Hergett, he was not able to get much going in this one. One out, and he gave up three runs before Jaime Berea as to polish off the final three and two-thirds innings. Did so scorelessly, but... Boy, it is not going well for the Angels right now. Mike Trout is currently injured to make it all the worse. Things are not necessarily going so great for the Oakland A's either as the A's, they wind up losing their 10th straight game, 3-2. to two. The Guardians wind up putting up a three spot in the ninth inning to prolong this Oakland A's losing streak as for Oakland, they wind up getting all their runs in the first two innings as you wind up having Sean Murphy and Seth Brown both get their sixth home run season off of Tristan McKenzie and for Ball Blackburn. Boy, talk about a tough luck, no decision. He winds up going eight scoreless innings in this one. Then they send in Danny Amenez, who has been a gas can recently. He gives up all three of those runs, including a home run. Going deep for the Cleveland Guardians, Jose Ramirez. Get his 16th home run of the season. That was not great as McKenzie. He winds up allowing those two solo home runs in six innings. Nick Sandlin, Trevor Steven, along with Anthony Ghost from there. All able to give you a scoreless inning. Things not going well for the Detroit Tigers as well. 10-1, to the Toronto Blue Jays are able to get the job done against the Tigers. And for the Blue Jays, they have scored at least four runs in now 13 out of their last 14 games. As they were able to play a little bit of deep fly in this one as George Springer gets his 12th home run of the season. You wind up having Lourdes Gurriel get his third home run of the campaign, and Boba Shed his 10th. 
All those came in the second inning out of Alvin Rodriguez, who once again delivered a very poopy start. Eight runs given up in four and a third innings, including three home runs. Nothing the Detroit Tigers bullpen can do about this. They've actually been one of the best units in the big leagues. Willie Peralta gives up two runs in an inning to raise his ERA to a buck 54. You wind up having Jacob Barnes get a pair of outs out of the bullpen, and then Joey Menez, Josh Foley, Will Vest. They all give you a scroll of setting with Jimenez. Uh, those three guys having the highest ERA at a 310, but I mean, for the Toronto Blue Jays, Jose Barrios was rolling in this one. Eight innings gives up one run, and then you wind up having a scroll of setting out of Jeremy Beasley as the Deidre Tigers. Right now, it's not going well for them on offense. Just five hits. This is a team as a collective. Just really needs to pick it up. I mentioned that the National League Central wound up having a bad night on Friday. Well, the Pittsburgh Pirates walked the plank to another loss. 4-2 to two the final as the Pirates have lost seven straight since that sweep over the LA Dodgers as Ronsi Contreras winds giving up four runs three of which were earned over the course of his four and two-thirds innings going deep for the Atlanta Braves. Dansby Swanson. He winds up getting his seventh of the campaign. Tyler Beattie from there. Two and a third inning scoreless. And then Yuri De Los Santos was able to give you a scoreless setting, but nothing doing once again for this Pittsburgh offense. They've been held to three runs or fewer in each of their last six games as Spencer Strider. His best start since being moved into the rotation. Five and two-thirds innings scoreless. Dylan Lee was able to give you a scoreless setting. You had Jake Stevens and A.J. Minter combined for a scoreless setting. Kenley Jansen winds up getting a save as Stevens. He did wind up allowing two runs in this one, so a little bit of a correction there. Darren O'Day was able to combine for that score ending with A.J. Minter, but the Atlanta Braves still able to get it done and currently ranked in the top six in terms of bullpen ERA as well. The Miami Marlins, they wind up being able to go to Houston and they take game one of this set. 7-4 the finalist. You wind up having Asus Aguiar have a nice explosion in this one. He winds up being able to take the starter Luis Garcia deep for his seventh and eighth home runs of the season. Phil Maiden gave up the other home run to him and then you wind up having Luis Garcia give up a pair of bombs to Jazz Chisholm. His 11th and 12th home runs of the season as Chislam has been finding himself in a little bit of crossfire, but has been able to back it up recently as Garcia gives up three home runs, five runs in total over the course of four and a third innings. Phil Maiden, he winds up giving up two runs in one and two thirds innings before Brian Abreu was able to give you two scoreless innings and Hector Neres a scoreless setting and for the Houston Astros. Two of 16 with men in scoring position. You did have Michael Brantley go deep off of Rinaldo Lopez for his fourth home run season. Then you wind up having Kyle Tucker go deep off of Stephen Okert. His 11th home run season for Okert, he winds up giving up that home run in two-thirds of an inning. Richard Blyer gives up a run in a third of an inning, but Dylan Flora, Tanner Scott, both able to give you scoreless innings. Cole Solzer is able to come in. He gives you five outs out of the bullpen as Lopez, not a long start for him. Just four and a third innings. Gives up just two runs, though, so everything was able to be minimized because, well, the Houston Astros could not hit with men in scoring position. The Baltimore Orioles did not do their part with regards to this over. The Royals certainly did. 8-1. to one. Kansas City is able to get the job done, but a bad night here for Baltimore as Bruce Zimmerman with two ends on Zimmerman. Seven runs given up over the course of four and two-thirds innings, including a pair of bombs as Salvador Perez gets his ninth home run season, and then MJ Melendez is able to get a sixth of the campaign. You would have Michael A. Taylor go a little bit later on deep for his third home run season as newly acquired Austin Voth from the Washington Nationals gives up that home run in his one and a third innings. Dylan Tate, Ore Lopez, they both give you a scoreless inning, and Anthony Santander was able to provide the lone run of the game for the Baltimore Orioles. That winds coming in the ninth inning off of Albert Abreu. Abreu gives up a run in an inning, but how about John Easley? Someone who had really been struggling, especially with walks, giving up over six walks per nine innings going into this one. Seven scoreless with no walks. Taylor Clark and Joel Piamps from there. 
give you a scoreless setting. So Kansas City, they're able to get the job done out there in the heartland. You wind up seeing being able to get the job done the Minnesota Twins as I took the Tampa Bay Rays with the DK Nation pick and they wound up having a cataclysmically bad fifth inning in which they gave up six runs. Nine to four, the final. Byron Buxton winds up going deep twice in this one off of Drew Rasmussen. He winds up collecting his 16th and 17th home runs this season. He's now averaging a home run every about nine and a half at bats. It is absolutely insane to take a look at it. You would have Carlos Correa go a little bit later on deep for his fifth home run season. That one's coming off of Kelvin Fotcher. So that was not great for Mr. Fotcher. He gives up two runs in an inning and Drew Rasmussen. Really one of his worst starts ever. In his 21 starts prior to this since he had been pushed into the Rays starting rotation and given up three runs or fewer in all. But one of them gives up seven runs, four of which were earned in four and a third innings in this one. Ralph Garza Jr. Two and two thirds innings scoreless and then for the Rays, they did wind up getting a trio of home runs in this one. As you did wind up having Isaac Paredes be able to get his fifth home run season. Randy Orozarena winds up being able to go deep for his seventh and Vidal Brujan was able to get his first home run of the season as all three of those were given up by Devin Smeltzer. Smeltzer gives up four hits, three of which were home runs, giving up three runs in total in six plus innings. From there, Griffin Jacks was able to give you a squirrel setting along with Emilio Pagan and Josh Smith. He winds giving up a run in an inning. You wind up seeing the Chicago White Sox with a little bit of an opener situation get it done against the Texas Rangers 8-3 to for the Rangers. This turned into a bullpen game with Glenn Otto going on the COVID IL. Wound up having Garrett Richards go two innings giving up a run. You wind up having one under run in two and third innings given up by Tyson Miller. Dennis Santana he gives up a run in one and two thirds innings for a Rangers bullpen that by and large has been relatively solid and it wasn't looking too bad until John King wound up giving up five runs and got just two outs. You wound up having from there Mr. Asus Sinoko give you an out of the bullpen. Matt Bush served as the opener. He was able to pitch a scoreless setting in all three of the Texas Rangers runs. A lot of coming off of solo home runs. Corey Seager, 12th home run season. Ado Elise Garcia is 11th. And Nate Lowe was able to get low for his 7th home run of the season. As two of those given up by Davis Martin. Rinaldo Lopez was able to be the starter for him. Two scoreless innings. Martin, after that, gives up those two solo home runs in five innings. And then Kendall Graveman gives up a solo home run in an inning before Liam Hendricks able to close the door. Not a safe situation, but was able to deliver a scoreless setting as the White Sox now 27 and 29. So things have not necessarily been going overly terrific for them. Things have not been going overly terrific for LA recently either. The Dodgers, they wind up losing to the San Francisco Giants by a count of 7 2. As for the Dodgers, Walker Beeler winds up giving up three runs of four innings. And if you take a look at Walker Beeler, he has now given up at least three runs in each out of his last four starts and now five out of his last six. From there, you wind up having Justin Brule come out of the bullpen. He gives up three runs in an inning. David Price gives up a home run in his one and two-thirds innings of work, giving up just one run at Phil Bickford. Winds up giving you four outside the bullpen. Lone bright spot for LA was the fact that Kevin Lux was able to go deep off of Jacob Junis. His second home run season as Junis. He winds up giving up two runs over the course of five innings with that home run, but John Brebbia along with Jake McGee, Dominic Leon, Camilio Duval, they all give you a scoreless inning. And for the Giants, their two home runs come off the bat of Darren Ruff. His fourth and fifth home runs of the campaign, and then this is a game that is just starting to wrap up as I do this podcast. The Boston Red Sox, they go on the road. They take down the Seattle Mariners by a count of 4-3 to three as for Boston. You wind up having Bobby Dahlbeck get his fourth home run season. That comes off of Andres Munoz out there in the bullpen. And Marco Gonzalez gives one up to J.D. Martinez. Sixth home run season for Gonzalez. Not long for this game as he goes four and a third innings. He gives up two runs, including that home run. But six, count of six walks for a guy that prides himself on command. That's not terrific. Munoz winds up giving up two runs in his inning of work. 
Eric Swanson, Matt Festa were both able to give you a scoreless inning. Rayonis Ellis and Samergio Romo were able to give you a scoreless inning combined to Penn Murphy. Barabouts out of the bullpen, but for the Seattle Mariners, in the first eight innings of this game, they wind up stranding 10 men on base. Jesse Winker was able to get his fourth home run season. That comes off of Rich Hill, who winds up giving up two runs in four and a third innings. But then from there, bullpen is able to close the door. Tanner Houck winds up being able to get the close as he, Jake Thiekman, as a Robles. I'll give you a scoreless inning. Matt Stram gives up a run in his inning of work. And John Schreiber, barabouts out of the bullpen. So if you're taking a look at Major League Baseball right now, what we are noticing is that Wolvers are really starting to come through. If you take a look at the last seven days in Major League Baseball, 43 overs to 41 unders, but you want to take a little bit of a look, in my opinion, more at the last 30-day sample size. And in the last 30 days, 196 overs, 187 unders. So a little bit over 51% of games have been going over over the last 30 days. And underdogs in the time span hitting only right around 39.5%. 159 and 242, so that is a little bit of an issue if you take a look at what we've all been getting this MLB season. Favorites have been hitting right around 60-ish percent, more like 60.5 percent, 520 and 341 as I record this, but among the favorites, haven't seen a lot of run line covers as there have been 136 instances this season in which the favorite has won by approximately one run to not cover the run line, and that's manifested by home teams being 328 and 322 straight up as a favorite, but among those home favorites, 100 have failed to cover the run line, winning by approximately one run in overall for this season. 423 unders to 396 overs. That's right around a 51.6% hit rate according to cover. So that's what we're seeing right now in Major League Baseball, and that's what we wound up seeing on Friday. Now let's turn the page forward to Saturday with our good friend Major Matt, a.k.a. Matt Josephs, does a terrific job handicapping a little bit of everything, and he does a great job of just being able to scour the board, being able to find value in a wide variety of ways in Major League Baseball. We're going to take a look at some strikeout props. We're going to get his thoughts on the Philly situation in general and take a look at a few bets that he likes for Saturday. That's up next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Craig Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. 
Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. <laughs> hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot. Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And it's great to be able to get this man on the podcast as he's out there in the great state of Pennsylvania holding it down there as we've got mid-major Matt, a.k.a. Matt Josephs, joining me. He does a terrific job handicapping a wide variety of things when it comes to college football season. He's going to be doing a great job. I know that last year he did a lot of previews with with Athlon Sports, did a great job of getting people prepped for the start of that season. Obviously, with the name Mid-Major Matt, you know that he does a lot of college basketball. And this time of year, he really does an amazing job taking a look at being able to bet baseball in a wide variety of ways. And to be able to follow Mid-Major Matt on Twitter, that is that Mid-Major Matt all together on his Twitter handle and Always great to have you aboard, my friend. Thank you. Yes, uh, thank you for having me. Always a uh, pleasure to join you, Greg. Always great to have you aboard. And how about if we wind up going out to your home state of Pennsylvania and what we're all seeing with regards to Philadelphia Phillies because they wind up canning Joe Girardi a little bit over a week ago. And ever since they canned him, this team has not been able to lose. They literally are undefeated ever since the managerial change and they actually did wind up winning the final game of the Joe Girardi era as well. But what have you made out of this? Because I feel like there's more at play than just a managerial change, but clearly the Phillies have been able to respond very well. And 
this is just looking like a brand new team at this point. Well, it's funny because at first I thought, you know, they make the firing and then all of a sudden the Angels come to town and we know how bad the Angels are. And I figured, okay, you know, they took advantage of a bad team at home, which was not always a guarantee in the past. And then they go out to Milwaukee and uh, they beat up on the Brewers a little bit. You know, anytime you can get runs off of Josh Hader, that's impressive. And then making uh, Corbin Burns work as much as he did. And then they come home and, you know, you get an Arizona team that's not very good. And of course, early on, the results look very good. They they beat up on Zach Gallagher. And so I think it's just a team having fun. And it's just a manager who's kind of going off a feel. I know the great debate is between analytics, non-analytics, things like that. But it seemed far too often whenever you looked in the dugout for the Phillies, Joe Girardi's head was buried in a binder. And you can't live baseball life just that way. You have to be able to interact with your players and kind of give some feeling to the rest of the team. And I think now you've got a guy that they respect, who was the bench coach, who's been around, so they know him. They want to win for him. And the team's just having fun. And this won't last, you know, forever. But the bats are hitting and the pitching's doing what they're supposed to. And so this is why, you know, everything is going well for the Phillies right now. Yeah, but it certainly has been. And at the very least, what we could say for Joe Girardi is at the very least, he didn't wind up walking a guy in a one-two count intentionally, unlike Tony LaRusso. So he never wound up going to that state. But to your point, it certainly has been a little bit of a new-look Philly team. And thus far, they've responded very well. And for Saturday, right now we're finding them as a big favorite with one of, in my opinion, the best pitchers out there in the big league, Zach Wheeler, taking them out. He's going to be going up against Madison Bumgarner, who at this point of his career has become a little bit more of a pitch-to-contact guy. I'm not sure what you might end up making out of this one, but I do think that we've got to take a look at Zach Wheeler a little bit differently because you may recall his spring training wound up getting a little bit stunted. As a result, he wound up having a few starts in which he just did not look like Zach Wheeler. And ever since those first, I think it's fair to say, three starts of the season, he's looked like the Zach Wheeler of old. And that was the thing. You know, you kind of have to throw out the statistics for a lot of guys that first month of the season, or at least the first two or three starts because of the disjointed spring training. Now, obviously, it was different for Zach because he got hurt, and I believe he also got COVID, too. I know Zach, Zach Eflin got COVID, but it was an issue for, for the starting pitchers, and so we're now starting to see the Zach Wheeler that we uh, saw last year be a Cy Young candidate, and you know, this Arizona team, they strike out a ton, so you know, the Zach Wheeler K-Prop will certainly be interesting to look at. It'll probably be six and a half, which is a little high in my book. Uh, that's just a, a personal preference sort of thing, but this is a Diamondbacks team that strikes out a ton. And then, of course, you know, when you look at the Yankees, you usually look at their team total overs, especially on warm days, bad pitching, wind maybe blowing out. We don't know necessarily what the weather will be, but the Phillies are starting to approach that uh, situation here where you may want to just blindly start taking their team total. Over. Now, you never want to take something blindly, but you may want to look harder at their team total overs, especially if it's four and a half, because this Phillies offense is so hot right now, and that's without uh, Nick Castellanos doing a lot, and that's without some of the other guys doing a ton. And so if those guys all become hot, then this offense is going to score five, six runs a night. Yeah, but it certainly has been a Phillies team that ever since the managerial change, I mean, the offense was already solid to start with, but it's really been able to take off. They just completely tattooed Zach Gallon yesterday as we do have mid-major Matt, a.k.a. Matt Joseph, joining me right here on the podcast. And how much have you had to wind up adjusting your totals a little bit in recent weeks? Because we know that the first month of the season, it was a big, giant slog. It may have felt like the offenses were starting to heat up a little bit, but I feel like 
taking a look at the weather now is more important than it really ever has been before because it feels like the ball is being influenced much more by just the temperatures, a little bit more by the wind in general. I don't think that we've had a ball change from the beginning of the season to now. I just think that it's a little bit more volatile in the way that it winds up reacting to the cold versus the warm. I'm not sure what you've made out of this, but I have been having to shade up my turtles a little bit more. I do think that it is a case in which I personally need to look at the weather a little bit more to base my totals off of it. Yeah, I, I mean, the funny thing is, I wouldn't rule out them changing the balls because Rob Manfred changed them in previous years. Oh, yeah. And it's just, I mean, he's just a, such a bad commissioner that I wouldn't, you're probably right, they didn't, but it's not like, you know, there's a 2% chance he actually did. But you're right. I mean, the warm weather, you certainly have to go to the weather websites and, you know, look at, and certainly the other thing you have to consider is rain. I mean, we're seeing, you know, rain uh, delays. And when there's long rain delays, that means you lose your starting pitchers. That means the bullpen has to come in. And then you kind of have to know, all right, well, so and so's bullpen is in pretty good shape. And so and so bullpen is not in good shape and so yeah the weather change certainly is going to affect things there's a lot more warm weather there's a lot more winds blowing out winds blowing in so it's certainly something you have to consider which is funny because in this sport you don't need more things to consider there's already enough things on a day-to-day basis certainly to look at yep it certainly has been interesting to be able to gauge at this season and something else i think has been a little bit strange as well is that i take a look at the top offenses and a lot of them have been striking out quite a bit we're talking about the philadelphia phillies and at home this season they've been averaging right around nine strikeouts per game. The Atlanta Braves, who have been one of your better offenses, especially at home, they're striking out nearly 10 times per game at home. How much have you been taking a look at a lot of these teams that in games in which you wind up taking overs, in games in which you wind up taking a look at some of these team totals, you also take a look at them going over the strikeout prop against a guy that might be a relatively good swing and miss guy, even though the relatively good swing and miss guy might wind up giving up a couple bombs along the way. Yeah, you mentioned Atlanta, 5.76 strikeouts against right-handed starting pitchers this season. That's I'd have to go back, but it's, if it's not the most, it's pretty darn close to the most. You look at a guy like JT Brubaker, who a couple nights ago, he has seven strikeouts, and he's a guy, look, that doesn't go that deep. He went seven innings, had seven strikeouts. It was an odd start for him, but on the road, he's usually not as strong as... And you look at them and you see so many strikeouts. So the few times you do get a four and a half or a three and a half even, you're looking at the over with guys you'd never even consider looking at the over. On the other end, the Cleveland Guardians. And I'm glad I said that right because I've said Indians in other places. But the <laughs> Cleveland Guardians have gone under their K-prop total in 26 of 34 line K-props against right-handed starting pitchers. They're averaging 3.7 uh, Ks uh, against right-handed starting pitchers. And it's funny because last week we saw a whole bunch of two and a halves and three and a halves, which kind of skews the numbers a little bit, but even then they're still going under the numbers. So the Guardians are quite the opposite of the Braves in that they make a ton of contact. Yeah, it has been interesting to take a look at that Guardians team because they do a really good job of not being able to strike out. The offense can be a little bit hit or miss because they're just not hitting home runs at home thus far this season. And the Washington Nationals have also been a team that they haven't struck out a lot. They just have been relatively bad in general. So that's going to be intriguing to take a look at. And speaking of which, you do have Eric Lauer, a good strikeout guy going for the Milwaukee Brewers. He's going to be facing off against the Washington Nationals with Patrick Corbin going, and Patrick Corbin has been the gift that keeps on giving if you've been taking the opposite team on the run line whenever he winds up going. But I think that this is an intriguing spot. Brewers find themselves in a lot of places right around a minus 150 give or take in this situation. And the way that I've been taking a look at guys like Ioana Doan and Patrick Corbin, the two big fates of the Nationals, is just taking the other team on the run line. But I do think that it's intriguing from a wide variety of angles because obviously I've got my Brewers run line there, but just mentioned it as well. The Washington Nationals have not struck out a ton, and Eric Lauer has been a tremendous strikeout guy. Yeah, I want to thank BetMGM because they put out 11.5 wins 
wins for Corbin this season. I took the under. It's, I mean, I might as well cash my ticket now unless he gets traded, but nobody's going to win his contract or what he's done so far. Uh, Lauer has faced the Nationals once already this season. He faced him at home back on May 20th. The over-under was six and a half. He only had five strikeouts in seven innings. You know, before when they took on Ashby, the left-hander, the Nats had the lowest K rate in baseball against left-handed starting pitchers. They were averaging only 3.85 strikeouts against left-handed starting pitching, which is interesting because there's certain guys in their lineup that seem like strikeouts. You know, Victor Robles has struck out a bunch. Uh, Lane Thomas has had these games where he's had multiple strikeouts. So the interesting thing will be to see what the number will be for Lauer. Uh, If they set it too low, I'm not going to say take the under, but if they set it too high, I would say look at the under. Corbin on the other side, I mean, you know, Corbin's actually been decent. I'm using air quotes here for those listening to the podcast at home, aka he's been less horrible. I wonder if there's a chance that maybe he shows up a little bit in this start. Um, And it's also a Brewers team that we know always has strikeout issues. Um, So I don't know if I'm going to run to the Brewers yet, but I mean, certainly fading Corbin has been a money money maker this season. Yep. And I mean, sadly, he's not even the biggest fade on that team. You ought to own. I mean, the Nationals have lost all but two of his starts by three plus runs. That is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in my life. And somehow, some way, they've been trotting him out there every fifth day. So I want to thank the Washington Nationals for that. As we do have mid-major Matt, a.k.a. Matt Joseph, joining me right here on the podcast. And something else I'm noticing for Saturday is that we're going to have a couple of relatively solid starters that are on, we're going to call it what it is, not so great teams. They're going to be taking them out. I'm taking a look at Martin Perez against the Chicago White Sox. He's going to be going for the Texas Rangers. He's given up two runs or fewer in each out of his last nine starts. And then the other one in particular, Frankie Montas, a guy that the Oakland A's have not scored three runs or more from for him in a start ever since April. It has been absolutely insane the way that they have given him no run support whatsoever. So what do you make out of some of these situations in which you do have a guy like Amantas who has been solved for the Oakland A's, but team around him has been able to give him nothing. Martin Perez for the Texas Rangers, he's been solid. He doesn't necessarily get a lot of support either. And both of these guys are finding themselves as slight underdogs on Saturday. Well, I mean, first off, it's a lefty against the White Sox. In the past, they used to be a guaranteed you'd bet the White Sox because, you know, the White Sox kill lefties. And they still have for the most part. I mean, you know, especially from the K-Prop angle, looking at, you know, Cortez went over his number. Shane McClanahan went over their numbers against this team. But other than that, this team just beats up on lefties. It's a weird world because I remember that uh, Martin Perez used to be an auto fade. Whenever he took the mound, I always looked at uh, taking against him. So it's a weird world for me seeing that he is now a guy that you've potentially want it back. I don't necessarily trust the White Sox offense, and I certainly obviously don't trust Tony La Russa. He might walk the first batter of the game because oh, his yeah. binder tells him so. And then the other situation, you're right. Um, the thing I've enjoyed betting at, as of late is the Oakland Athletics team total unders here. They've been giving out some three and a halves, and this is a very streaky offense in that you know there's times where they put up a bunch of runs, and then there's a stretch like they're in right now where they're just putting up three and under a whole bunch of times. So I'll probably be looking at something like that, maybe a first three or first five under because I do trust Montas. I think Montas is a solid pitcher that you want to take advantage of. But of course, this Oakland offense isn't going to help him much. So and it's Zach Plesak. Zach Plesak is a guy who can hit a little bit. Um, so there is an opportunity potentially for Oakland, but I might more look at the total and trying to take advantage of those Montas innings and look at an under. Yep. I think that is going to be very fascinating to take a look at both of those games. And just with regards to the betting board on Saturday, we've already touched on a few games that should be of intrigue. Is there anything else that you're going to be taking a look at, whether it be 
from a betting angle or you just want to see a little bit more out of a team or a pitcher in general? Well, I'll say this. I mean, obviously right now it looks like Clayton Kershaw is coming back. So it'll be interesting to see what the books hang for a number for him for his K-prop because obviously he might only go three or four innings considering, you know, all that stuff. And we're going to see some of the young guys. I love George Kirby. I think George Kirby has some nasty stuff. It'll be interesting to see what he does against the Red Sox lineup that has been in very good form so far. And I'm checking really quickly. I believe that actually Kirby faced off against, yeah, he did. Uh, He faced off against this team at three strikeouts in five innings. So, um, you know, it's not too often that these young kids uh, right now are going to get that second look. So we'll see if the Red Sox made some adjustments against Kirby. You know, Shane Baz pitching for Tampa Bay. I think that's interesting. So, and a couple of interesting, you know, interleague matchups. Garrett going up against Houston. You figure the Astros should be able to take advantage of that. And Swarmer, who's been pretty good for the Cubs and certainly has been striking out a lot of guys. He gets the Yankees in a night game. Will he be intimidated by Yankee Stadium and all those big bats in that lineup? Yep, that is going to be really interesting to take a look at as well, especially with the Yankees team that recently they have just been absolutely ripping the cover off the ball and it's going to be really interesting to see what we wind up getting remainder of this baseball season as well Matt I know that you do a great job out there on the ball diamonds this time of year and I know you handicap a lot of other things as well when it comes college football season you're going to be firing all cylinders there I know that you're getting set with some conference previews there and when it comes to college basketball, you'd have the namesake major map for a reason. So love the good people at home. Know they're able to follow you on social media and just everything they've got going on in general. Yeah, at Major Matt on social media. And as I always say in your podcast, don't be afraid to ask a question. I can certainly try and help because we all have the same goal of trying to beat the books. And I see all the time you get a question about a player prop or a K prop or five inning bet or a three inning bet. And so certainly if any of those guys want to head on over to at Major Matt, I can answer that. And yeah, you're right. I started seeing the win totals come out. I know the circuit just released all the power five uh, win totals. And that means the group of five will certainly be uh, behind that. And yeah, college football is is very close and very excited about just over a month away from my yearly appearance at ACC Football Media Day. So those are always uh, fun days to get interviews from the players and the coaches and just find out what's coming up for the college football season. And I do expect a little bit of a better year this year than last year for the ACC. I don't think the Clemson going to be as just going up against it as they were last season was a little bit of a new look season for them. So I think that the ACC is going to be very fascinating out there. And then obviously in college basketball, we know that the ACC is going to be locked and loaded in that sport as well. And a man that is always doing a great job handicapping a little bit of everything is mid major Matt always brings it on this podcast. It did so once again today. So big thanks to him for joining me right here on the baseball betting show. Now part of the VC family podcast and coming up next, it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLBC. Saturday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here on Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Always a pleasure to be able to get Mid-Major Mad, a.k.a. Matt Josephs on the show. Always does a great job of being able to take a look at more ancillary ways to be able to bet Major League Baseball, looking at some of those off-the-beaten-path markets, taking a look at things like first threes, being able to isolate certain situations, does an absolutely amazing job of that. So always great to be able to get him on the podcast, get his insights. Big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Saturday as we touch them all. <laughs> 
If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at junit underscore 81. We are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation or this is where we're going with the National League games first, then the American League games, and then any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom. We are going to be combining the two games involving the Rockies and the Padres. They've got a little bit of a double dip, so that is the lone thing that I'm going to be doing specifically there. But with that said, we're just going to get it started with this first National League game and Give you guys as many opportunities as possible to be able to get to the window as we do begin with Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati with 901-902 on the betting board. Hunter Green going to be going for the Reds. We're on the road facing off against the St. Louis Cardinals who have Wayno Adam Wainwright on the mound. Right now you're finding the cards anywhere between minus 173 and minus 185. Meanwhile, plus price with the Reds is anywhere between plus 155 and plus 163. Eight is your total over and under anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. And when it came to the St. Louis Cardinals, I want to make them more like a minus 230 favorite. We've got to be gauging this Reds team differently home to road. They wound up entering into the game on Friday, hitting a 203 as a collective on the road, and it's just not going well for Hunter Green in general. He did wind up pitching seven scoreless innings in his last time out, but you still take a look at Hunter Green for the year. 15 home runs and 55 innings given up. That's well over two home runs per nine innings. This is also a gentleman that's given up right around four walks per nine innings. Swing and miss stuff is there. Obviously, Adam Wainwright doesn't get as many strikeouts as Hunter Green as Green has been able to get over 11 strikeouts per nine innings. But with Wainwright, after he wound up having a little bit of a shaky start to the season, he has been able to lessen the walks as he has given up a combined four walks over his last three starts. And he's coming off a start in which he wound up having zero strikeouts against the Cubs. But previous start against the Padres, he wound up having 10 punch-outs. So when he needs it, it is there for him. Wainwright has given up just five home runs over the course of 66 innings thus far this season, and he's got a 240 home ERA. Opponents are going to get 218 off of him. He has been rock solid for the St. Louis Cardinals. They did wind up having to use up a couple bullpen pieces yesterday, but Ryan Elsley has been terrific for this team. I believe that he's still given up just one earned run thus far this season. You've got a couple long relievers out there. Perhaps a guy like Zach Thompson, if he does wind up starting in a few days, could be an option for the team. But Giovanni Gallegos has been a little bit up and down for the team this season, but has really been able to round into form in the last few weeks. And for the St. Louis Cardinals, this is a very lethal lineup. Paul Goldschmidt, he's got to be a top three contender at this point for the National League MVP. He's hitting a 340-ish 12 home runs entering into yesterday. Tommy Edmond has been able to get on base. He, Nolan Arenado, Harrison Bader, all these guys are in between about a 270 to 280. Brendan Donovan, he's been able to do a solid job for this team. Nolan Gorman is hitting a 290. So, got a lot of firepower there. And for the Reds, they're hitting about a 205 on the road, more like a 270 at um, Big Giants. Plus, now, Joey Vato was dealing with injuries slash just not playing well in general towards the beginning of the season. He hasn't played a lot of road games. So I do think that there's going to be a little bit of positive progression there. You've had Brandon Drury being able to supply a 270 batting average. He's went deep 11 times. Matt Reynolds is in closer to a 275. Tyler Stevenson has been dealing with a little bit of an ailment, but he's been able to do a solid job. But some of the guys at the bottom of the fold, someone like an Adi Cide Sakino, you're able to throw in there. TJ Friedel, who's been getting some at-bats. Aramis Garcia. It's been a little bit rough for them. Tommy Pham has been able to pick it up a little bit, but this is the Reds' bullpen that right now they're dead last in the big leagues in terms of ERA. Just haven't been able to get anything out of guys like Tony Santian, Art Warren, Alexis Diaz seems to be starting to regress a little bit. Same with Jeff Hoffman. So that is a big, giant, sticky situation for this team. Did wind up saying my total at an 8.3. As a result, the Cardinals have been one of your better over teams at home thus far this season. I do think that the... 
Cincinnati Reds are going to be able to stack up a few runs, but when it comes to Cardinals, I set them as a minus 230 on the money line. If you're looking at the run line, you're able to get them as a plus 115. I recognize that not being able to get those last ups, that does wind up hurting a home team in this spot, but I was willing to lay a price with the Cardinals on the run line, so I'm looking at them laying a run and a half with the Cardinals, and I'm looking at this total over 903-904 on the betting board. The Milwaukee Brewers, they are going to be in the road. They're going to be facing up against the Washington Nationals as Patrick Corbin is going to be going for the Nets, and you've got Eric Lauer, who's going to be on the bump for the crew. The Brewers are finding themselves in between a minus 149 and a minus 155 favorite. Meanwhile, with Washington, it's anywhere between plus 130 and plus 143, with 8.5 to 9 being your total on the 9. Under is minus 115, the over is minus 105. On the 8.5, the over is anywhere between minus 120 and minus 125. The under is anywhere between even and plus 105. And when it comes to total, I did wind up setting it at an 8.7, so... It's a case in which I personally would rather have a 9 under rather than an 8.5 over because Eric Lauer has just been absolutely tremendous for this Milwaukee Brewers team. And last time you wound up seeing these two teams face off, it was out there in Milwaukee. But Patrick Corbin wound up giving up 5-plus runs in that start, and the total still wound up staying under because the Washington Nationals just could not wind up hitting the Milwaukee Brewers. You take a look at Lauer for the year, 230-80 ERA. He has a 352 ERA on the road, giving up 6 home runs in 30 and 2 thirds innings. But take a look at the way the Washington Nationals have been performing recently. It has not necessarily been too terrific. Now, you do have guys that have been able to get on base for the team as you've got Cesar Hernandez, Kibeta Wies, along with Mikel Franco, all in between about a 255 to a 270. Yadiel Hernandez has been solid as well. Nelson Cruz, he's been hitting really a 300 over the last three days. Josh Bell's hitting above a 300, but Juan Soto has just been stuck in the mud this season. He's hitting a 225, 12 home runs, 23 RBI. Still been drawing his walks, but certainly has not been what you were hoping for there. And then for the Milwaukee Brewers, the starting lineup yesterday did not feature a single guy that was sitting above a 260 other than Omar Nervias, and Nervias has been out for much of the season. He's only had right around 100 at-bats, so that's a little bit of an issue for the team, but Rowdy Tellus has been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers. William Thomas, Hunter Renfro both entered into the game with 10. These guys are fresh off the injured list. That helps them out a little bit. Now with Washington Nationals, bullpen is not terrific. They are towards the bottom of the big leagues with that regard. You haven't been able to get much out of guys like Andres Machado. Jordan Weems has actually been half Way decent. Along with Carl Edwards Jr., both of these guys have been able to give you some good innings, but I mean, you take a look at someone like a Steve Seachek, he's over the hill, he's got a 4 ERA. Kyle Finnegan has been all over the place as well. And for the Milwaukee Brewers, you've got the dynamic duo of Josh Hader along Devin Williams, and on top of that, Brad Boxberg has been able to do a relatively solid job for the team as well. And Patrick Corbin, I mean, he has been absolutely terrible. For this Washington Nationals team. He is 2-8 and eight in his starts. He hasn't even necessarily given up the deep ball. Right around 1.1 home runs for 9 innings. But opponents are just hitting him. And they're hitting him hard. He's made 12 starts this season. Opponents are at 3.18 off of him. His walks per 9 rate. That is right around about a 3.5-ish. And you just take a look at it. The Washington Nationals are in his 12 starts, 2-10. and 10. They have lost 9 of those by multiple runs. So, that is a big, giant issue, which makes me feel a little bit better about the Brewers being able to win this game by multiple runs. If you are taking a look at the Brewers on the run line, right now you're able to get a plus price of right around a plus 110. When I came to this spot, I wound up saying the Brewers more around a minus 185 on the money line, and I was willing to lay a pretty hefty number on the run line. So, I'm going to take the plus price, laying a run and a half with the Milwaukee Brewers,
Whereas Corbin is just a guy that you cannot trust in right now, in my opinion. And when it comes to total, I would rather have a 9 over rather than an 8.5 over just because I'm getting a little bit better numbers when it comes to the juice in general. I do think that Eric Lauer can hold down a Washington Nationals team that they just aren't getting a lot of power right now in general. So I'm going to be taking a look at the under and I'm going to be taking a look at the crew on the run line as we go 905-906 on the bang board. The Arizona Diamondbacks hit the road face off against the Philadelphia Phillies. Zach Whelan and Dylan Wheeler is going to be going for the Phillies and Mad Bum. Madison Bumgarner on the bump for Arizona. 8.5 is your total. Under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The over is anywhere between even a minus 110. And when it comes to Phillies, find them anywhere between minus $2, minus 210, plus 170 to plus 190 is your price on Arizona. And when it comes to the Diamondbacks, I was willing to take them as long as I was able to get up to a plus 195. Right now, we're in a little bit of wait and see mode, but seeing the minus 210s out there, Seeing the way that this line is progressing, I do think that we're going to be able to get there with Arizona. I'm seeing a plus 195 popping right now. So this is going to turn into a play on the Arizona Diamondbacks after line movement of them on the money line. As long as they may able to get that plus 185, want to take a shot there. And I do think that it's going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game. I'm not going to be fading the Phillies because of Zach Wheeler. He has been absolutely tremendous. And going into Friday, you saw the Phillies on a seven-game win streak. I do feel like that new manager smell is going to be coming off a little bit, though. And you take a look at Zach Wheeler. He's been able to do a terrific job being able to hold the ball in the air. He has given up zero home runs and five walks over the course of his last four starts. So this guy's been very dominant ever since he wound up having, I think it was three starts to begin the season in which we wound up having some makeups because spring training was just completely disjointed from. He's been able to do a solid job in a buck 73 ERA at home thus far this season. But Madison Bumgarner, he's putting together a relatively solid year as well, right around three walks per nine innings. Zach Wheeler, he's more around two and a half-ish. But that's that even though Madison Bumgarner not getting a ton of swings and misses thus far this season. He's been able to do a solid job of being able to keep guys off guard in general. He has given up 10 home runs over the course of 59 and a third innings thus far this season, but opponents are getting right around 236 off of him on the road, and for the Arizona Diamondbacks certainly has been, shall we say, not a great bullpen, but Joe Manette-Tipley currently has a sub-1 ERA. Ian Kennedy has been able to give you some relatively solid innings as well, and for the Arizona Diamondbacks, you've got the top team in terms of home runs on the road. They're averaging more than 1.6 bombs per game. Christian Walker is only hitting a 200 but he has been able to supply the boom. He's been able to give this team 15 home runs. Josh Ross, Quetel Marte, both of these guys are hitting above a 265. You need a little bit more out of guys like David Peralta, Dalton Varsho. They're both hitting between about a 230 to a 240, but it's been impressive to take a look at these splits. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, you've got quite a few guys that have been able to do a very solid job of getting on base for the team as well. A pair of guys with 15 home runs in Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber. Schwarber entered into Friday only hitting a 209, but a 331 on base. Harper's hitting closer to right around a 310-ish. you got guys like Yoan Camargo, Nick Cassianos, Alec Bohm, JT Muto, all in between about a 245 to a 260. You take a look at the way that some of these guys are hitting at home, and it's actually been relatively impressive there as well as you've had a guy that has struggled on the road but has been good at home in Price and Stott. Start to really pick things up. You wind up having a big home run in that series against the Milwaukee Brewers. So I do think that this is a Philly team that they're going to be able to get some relatively solid offense, but the bullpen, it is still a little bit of an issue. Brad Hand in his limited innings, he's got a sub-2 ERA He's been able to do a solid job. Corey Canable, someone that you're able to trust in as well. But Nick Nelson has not been great. James Norwood, Christopher Sanchez, these are
your guy said you really can't trust him. I certainly do think that the Phillies should be a sizable favorite in this spot. I think that we went a little bit too far. And Zach Wheeler, he's a little bit off schedule. You wound up having the birth of a child, which congratulations to Zach Wheeler on that. But you've got to wonder if that winds up throwing him off just a little bit in this start as well. So do you wind up saying my total at a 7.8 looking under and with the Diamondbacks willing to take anything north of really a plus 190 in this spot. So I'm going to be looking at the Saints and I'm going to be taking a look at this total under as we wind up going to 907-908 on the betting board, which is going to be the DK Nation pick with the Pittsburgh Pirates on the road facing off against the Atlanta Braves. Charlie Morton is going to be going for the Bravos, and Zach Thompson is going to be on the bump for Pittsburgh. Talent's game is anywhere between 8.5 and 9. On the 8.5, the over is minus 115, the under is minus 105. On the 9, the under is minus 115, and the over is minus 105. And when it comes to Atlanta, you're getting them anywhere between minus 220 and minus 240 plus price on the Buckos. Anywhere between plus 180 and plus 215. And I'm going to be willing to take the plus price here on the Pirates. I was willing to take really anything of a plus 180 or greater. But the real DK Nation pick here is going to be on the under. I want to make it my total a 7.3. And now I recognize that the Atlanta Braves have been one of the top over teams in all of baseball. Entering into Friday, nearly two-thirds of their games have wound up going over the total when they've been at home. But you take a look at the way that Zach Thompson has been able to pitch over the last, we're going to call it five weeks. And it has been absolutely masterful. You wound up having a really rough start to begin the season, but you take a look at what he was able to do in the month of May, lowered his ERA to a 2.45 in his first start in June, five scoreless innings. This is a guy that ever since he wound up having that 10 ERA in April, he's been able to find the form that he wound up having with the Miami Marlins last season. While he was with the Marlins, Thompson had a 3.24 ERA, 3.45 ERA whenever he was on the road, just wound up being a part of a Marlins team that couldn't give him any run support whatsoever. Not a guy that is going to blow you away with swings and misses, right in the pocket of about seven strikeouts per nine innings, but has been able to rein it in with regards to the walks. And for Charlie Morton, I do think that he's going to be able to pick it up as well. Currently at 5.63 ERA, but this is someone that has always been able to do a solid job of being able to get swings and misses. He's still getting right around nine strikeouts per nine innings. It's just been a case in which opponents have been able to do a good job of being able to see the curveball a little bit better. Opponents are at 2.75 off of him, but I do think that he's going to be able to rectify that. And he's got a 3.91 home ERA, 6.89 ERA on the road. And this is a brave team that they do back him up with a top 10 bullpen in terms of ERA. You've been able to have some very solid production here out of someone like Jackson Stevens. He's had a sub two ERA. It's a little bit of a long guy. Will Smith, Darren O'Day, they're a little bit dicey, but Dylan Lee going into Friday had yet to give up an earned run. He's been relatively solid. AJ Minter, you like what you're seeing out of him. And for the Pirates, all but I believe four of their wins have now come from the bullpen. David Benara has been very good for the team. Tyler Beatty, after a really bad start to the season, he's starting to pick it up. Take a look at Chris Stratton as well. He's got his ERA back below four, which that doesn't sound too impressive, but over the last 15 days, right around a 225 ERA, last 30 days, more like a 284 ERA after he got off to a cataclysmically bad start to the season. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, you just don't have a team that necessarily drives in a lot of runs. You don't have a single guy that has a double-digit amount of homers. You've been able to have Cabrian Ace be able to set the table. He's sitting right around 290 for the team, but take a look at the starting lineup. They tried it out there for Friday. You wind up having two guys in that lineup hitting above a 240 as you've got guys like a Michael Perez, Travis Swaggerty, guys like this that are hitting below the Mendoza line of 200. And then for the Atlanta Braves, it's been a little bit touch and go with regards to this offense. You've certainly got guys starting to pick it up. Ozzy Albies, Travis Arno, Matt Olson, Austin Riley, all these guys are in between about a 250 to a 265. And for Riley, he's been able to supply 15 home runs thus far this season. Ronald Cunha Jr., north of a 400 on base. But I do think that the Pirates 
going to be able to hold the Braves relatively at bay. Charlie Morton has been a little bit sketchy recently. Meanwhile, Zach Thompson, he has really been able to pick it up. The DK Nation pick is going to be on the under. I feel like both of these starters are starting to find themselves. Morton, I think, is going to be able to progress as the season winds up going along. And so the DK Nation pick on the under. And with the Pirates, wanted to take anything north of a plus 180. So look at Buckos and looking under with the DK Nation pick. 9-9-9-10 is going to be in conjecture with 9-13, 9-14 on the betting board. This is a double dip between the Colorado Rockies and the Slam Diego Padres. In game number one, it's going to be Ryan Feltner going for the Rockies and Mike Clevenger going for the Padres. Game number two is going to be Guile Freeland going for the Rockies and Mackenzie Gore on the bump for the Padres. Right now, no numbers up really anywhere with regards to both of these games. Right now, I'm seeing one spot that they've got the same line for both games. You've got in both situations, Padres at a minus 230, and you've got a about a plus 210 price when it comes to Colorado Rockies with a total of 7.5 on both of them. And I did wind up lining these relatively similarly as well. With Gore versus Freeland, wound up saying Gore is a minus 198 favorite. I would need a little bit of a plus price to be able to take a shot on the run line. With Clevenger versus Feldner, set the Padres minus 213 and wound up making their run line minus 110. And in both situations, 7.5 or less, going to be looking at an over an 8 or higher. Going to be taking a look at the under now with the Colorado Rockies. Second worst bullpen in terms of ERA in the big leagues, only the Reds have been worse thus far this season. And you take a look at both of these starters and neither necessarily elicit it's a lot of confidence. Let's go to Kyle Freeland first. A guy that has a 453 ERA and is not much of a swing and miss guy. He thus far this season has been able to issue right in the neighborhood about seven punch outs per nine innings. Walks per nine is hovering right around three, but I will say this about Kyle Freeland. Three ERA on the road right around a 535 ERA at home. He's one of the rare guys for Colorado that has actually been able to do a solid job of being perform on the road. We'll get into those splits. Take a look at the other starter that you're going to be having with the Colorado Rockies in game one. It is going to be Ryan Feltner, the young gun who has been able to get a lot of swings and misses. Right around 10 punch outs per nine innings, but with that said, a 585 ERA. Someone who at the minor leagues wound up having a relatively solid job of being able to have command and you take a look at what he's been able to do at the major league level. He's given up six walks over the course of 20 innings. Not great, not terrible. Opponents are going right around a 265 off of him. He just winds up giving up a little bit too much hard contact in general, giving up three bombs as far this season. Then you take a look at Mike Clevenger and he has been just not able to consistently stay out there on the field. Last few seasons when he's out there, he's been able to be very dominant as he's been able to get 20 punch outs over the course of 17 innings thus far this season. Walks per nine rate is hovering right around four. I do think that with just being able to be out there more consistently, that is going to be able to rein itself in. And I take a look at Mackenzie Gore, and this guy has been a complete under ace for the San Diego Padres. How about a buck 50 ERA? Someone who has been able to complete six plus innings in each out of his last three starts. And over the course of his last three starts, 25 strikeouts and one earned run. I mean, he has been so good giving up one home run in 48 innings. So I do like what I'm seeing out of both these starters. The reason why I did wind up setting Feltner as a little bit of a bigger underdog is just because I think that Kyle Freeland is pretty much much better than Ryan Feltner on the road thus far. But you do take a look at both of these lineups and both are a little bit intriguing in that the Rockies, they're hitting right around about a 240-ish on the road, which is not too bad, but it's still a drop off of right around 37, 38 points from what they wind up doing. You know, someone like a CJ Crone who's got 14 home runs hitting at 285 this season, staying north of a 370 at home on the road, closer to the Mendoza line of a 200. You've had Jonathan Daza do a solid job reaching base. He, Jose Iglesias, both are hitting right around 300, but those discrepancies are big, and the Rockies just not able to generate a lot. 
lot of power on the road. And then you take a look at these Slime Diego Padres and don't have a single guy with a double-digit amount of home runs thus far. And you've really got two guys that have consistently been able to get on base for the team. Manny Machado hitting a 330 going into yesterday and Eric Cosmer hitting a 295. Now, Noah Mazzara. Entered in yesterday hitting a 333. Small sample size, 15 at best. We shall try to get a little bit more information there, but you guys like Austin Nola, Hassam Kim, along Trent Grisham, these guys are a 215 or lower to be able to pick it up a little bit. Jake Cronworth has been able to give the team three home runs over the last 10 days, which is solid. And for the Padres, they've got a significantly better bullpen to be able to back up their two starters as well. Nabel Chrisman is able to give you multiple innings if needed. You've really been able to get some good production this season out of Taylor Rogers when he He's not facing against the Pittsburgh Pirates. I don't know how that's been his bugaboo team, but he's been able to do a solid job there. Craig Salmon is someone that is very widely as a four-ish ERA. I think that that's going to wind up dipping a little bit. And Stephen Wilson, after he wound up getting off to a really bad start to the season, it's been a case of which it's been a little bit touch and go with him, but I do think that he's going to be able to pick it up as well. So I do take a look at both of these spots, and I think in both spots, the Padres should be a relatively sizable favorite. Would need at least plus $2 to be able to take a shot on the Rockies with Freeland. Would need closer to a plus 215 to take a shot on the Rockies with Feltner on the mound with the Padres with Clevenger would be willing to lay up to a minus 110 on that run line. We need at least a plus 105 to lay the run and F with Mackenzie Gorn in both circumstances. 7.5 or less looking over 8 or higher. Going to be taking a look at the under. 9-11, 9-12 on the bidding board. Currently we have no numbers up on this game as the LA Dodgers they throw it to face off against the San Francisco Giants as good old to be determined is going to be going for the San Francisco Giants but it is going to be a bullpen game for them and it was looking like one Julio Arias was going to be starting for the Dodgers, but indeed it is actually going to be Clayton Kershaw. And with it being Kershaw versus a bullpen game, set the Dodgers at a minus 122 and set my total at an 8.3, which means an 8 or less is going to be looking at an over an 8.5 or higher to the under. We were talking about this with mid-major Matt. Just who knows what to expect out of Clayton Kershaw at this point. His first start of the season, he wound up having the 7-inning perfecto against the Minnesota Twins, but it's been over a month since he's thrown. You've got to feel like the Dodgers are really going to be relying upon the bullpen in this spot, and I do think that it's going to be a case in which with how well Clayton Kershaw knows the San Francisco Giants, he's going to be able to give a couple of solid innings, actually. If you take a look at the last few seasons, his home and road splits aren't necessarily demonstrative at all, but with that said, you just can't expect him to lend a lot of length, and I will say the more no-name guys for the LA Dodgers have been relatively solid out there in this bullpen. A little bit tricky to be able to gauge this, but with regards to the San Francisco Giants bullpen, it's just not the same as it was last season. Last season, they were the lone bullpen that wound up posting up an ERA that was sub-3, and thus far this season, you've had a couple guys that have been, for lack of a better term, a hot mess. Jake McGee, currently posting up north of a 5 ERA. John Brebbia has actually been able to do a very solid job for this bunch of Jarlin Garcia, who I do think is going to be able to see a couple innings. He's been more of the long guy for this team. 233 ERA. Sammy Long, also a little bit of a long guy as well. He's been able to do a solid job holding down the fort. Dominic Leon has been relatively okay, but just haven't been able to get a lot out of some of these other guys like Jose Alvarez, Zach Liddell, Tyler Rogers are all posting up north of a 5 ERA. Then when it comes to this LA Dodgers bullpen, you just have a lot of guys that in general you wouldn't expect to be stepping up and have been able to do so. Piancy Almonte has a sub-2 ERA. Danny Hudson, he's got a little bit more of a name right around at 265. Alex Vasilla, Evan Phillips, they've been solid. And then you take a look at Greg Gimbrell, and he's got a 4 ERA. Broussarder Gradrol, not a guy that you can have a lot of faith in. North of a 4 ERA. So the smaller the name for the Dodgers, the better they've been performing out there in the bullpen. And you do take a look at this Dodgers lineup, and Max Muncy may have gotten exactly what he needed from our good friend Tony LaRusso to be able to pick it up. It's been a rough year for him as he, along with Justin Turner, you're able to throw in there Cody Bellinger, only a 215 or lower entering into Friday, but 
These guys, I think, are going to be able to pick it up. Mookie Betts, he's hitting at 290. He's won deep 16 times thus far this season. Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, they're both hitting between about a 285 to a little bit north of a 300 as well. And then for the San Francisco Giants, really, it's been the jock show with regards to being able to go deep. He's been able to hit 13 home runs as he throw in there a Wilmer Flores, both hitting between a 255 and a 260. Thario Estrada hitting a 275. Luis Gonzalez has been a good table setter, hitting above a 300. And now you've got Evan Longoria back in the fold. You've been sort of seeing Tommy Sala use in a little bit more of a platoon role, the San Francisco Giants. They're certainly going to be doing that quite a bit, but I do think that this is a situation in which Julio Arias is going to be able to lend a relatively solid start on the road once again. And with the Giants, I do think that the bullpen is going to be able to do a relatively okay job. But with it being a bullpen game against the LA Dodgers with Clayton Kershaw going, wanted making the Dodgers minus 122 on the money line. If you're looking at the run line, I would need at least a plus 145 to lay a run and a half with the Dodgers and semi total at 8.3. So eight or less looking over, eight and a half or higher to the under. 9.13, 9.14 was a part of that Padres versus Rockies double dip, so we go to 9.15, 9.16 on the bang board. The Chicago White Sox are going to be playing also the Walker, Texas Rangers. That's Martin Perez is going to be going for the Rangers, and Lucas Giolito is going to be on the bump for the White Sox. The White Sox are finding themselves between minus 144 and minus 150 favorites. Meanwhile, for Texas, they are back to being an underdog of any team, plus 125 and plus 134, with 8 being your total. The over and the under are both at minus 110, seeing so straight 8.5 out there as well. That under is minus 125. The over is a plus 105. And when it comes to this one, I did wind up saying my total at more of a 7.3. So this is a spot in which even at a 7.5, I'd be taking a look at the under. But with Texas, needed at least a plus 125 to be able to take a shot on them. And I certainly am going to be able to because you take a look at Martin Perez. In his last nine starts, he has given up two earned runs or fewer in every one of them. Give it up just one home run in 69 and a third innings. Now, I think that we can all agree that there's going to be a little bit of regression there. And the big fear that you do have with Martin Perez is that he is a left-handed starting pitcher. And you take a look at the righty and lefty splits of the Chicago White Sox. And for some reason, they always have been very, very big. Take a look at them this season. They are hitting a 277 against left-handed pitching. They've got 16 home runs over the course of 390 at-bats. Meanwhile, you take a look at what they're doing against right-handed pitching. They've got 31 home runs in 1,480 at-bats, and they're hitting a 228. I mean, it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever as to why they've got such big splits. I do think that it's going to even out a little bit more, and Martin Perez has been able to do a good job with, for lack of a better term, manipulation. Not a guy that's going to get a bunch of swings and misses right around seven strikeouts per nine innings, but he's also been able to reduce the walk. Fox little bit over two walks per nine innings, and that's always been a little bit of bugaboo of Lucas Giolito, a guy that is currently this season giving up a little bit over three and a half walks per nine innings. The strikeout numbers are there. He's been able to get 11 and a half punch outs per nine innings, but you also take a look at Giolito. He's also been much better at home than he has been on the road. 430 road ERA, 237 home ERA, so that's something a little bit encouraging, but he is allowing opponents to hit above a 270 off of him. Opponents have been able to get right around 9.1 hits per nine, and this is a Texas Rangers bunch that all of a sudden they've been able to pick it up a little bit more as you've currently got pair of guys with a double-digit amount of formers. Corey Seager along with Adelise Garcia. Now, all three of these guys and Marcus Simeon along Seager and Garcia. They need to pick it up with their batting average. All three of these guys throwing their Brad Miller in between about a 220 to a 230. But all of a sudden, Marcus Simeon, after he had a really, really bad start to the season over his last 
we're going to call it 15 days, hitting a 322 with six home runs. So he has really been able to ignite a little bit more. You've been able to have a little bit of something out of their young infielder in Ezekiel Duran. He's hitting above a 3 iron then for the Chicago White Sox. They're still dealing with that Eloy Jimenez injury. Andrew Vaughn has been able to do a solid job. He and Luis Robert both hitting between about a 280 to a 290. They both have been able to give you six home runs thus far this season. But you take a look at this White Sox starting lineup. Not a single guy in that starting lineup with more than seven home runs thus far this season. Jose Abreu in his last 15 days has been able to above a three iron, so he's been able to pick it up. Yes, Monty Grandal, Long Josh Harrison. They just have been big busts of Rooney, throwing their Yoel Moncada, all these guys. Able to the Mendoza line of 200 for the White Sox. You've been able to have kind of Though Graveman, along with Liam Hendricks, do a solid job out there in the bullpen. And guys like an Aaron Bummer, someone else that has been able to do a relatively solid job, like Matt Foster, I've been able to give this team a little bit more. Kyle Crick out there in the bullpen has been solid as well. But you take a look at the Texas Rangers, and you've got a lot of good bullpen pieces when it comes to this team as well. Brock Burke, coupled with Joe Barlow, both posting up a sub-250 ERA. I mean, even Matt Moore has been able to give you a sub-3 ERA. Dennis Santana has been doing a very solid job for this team. So I do take a look at this spot, and I think that the Rangers should be a little bit of an underdog, but I think that this has gone a little bit too far with the White Sox. They obviously do hit left-handed pitching much better, but I do think that those plays are going to start to even out a little bit as well. Wound up setting the Rangers at a plus-124, so getting north of a plus-125. Taking a shot there, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total under as we move on to 917-918 on the betting board. You've got your the Tampa Bay Rays, and they are going to be in the road, and they're going to be facing up against the Minnesota Twins. This is good all to be determined for the Minnesota Twins, so this is a game that is currently off the betting board, and if you're taking a look at the Tampa Bay Rays, they're going to be throwing out their Shane Boz, and I am assuming that Chichi Gonzalez is going to wind up getting the start for the Minnesota Twins, so we've got a little bit of subject to change here, but if you do wind up getting Mr. Chichi Gonzalez going up against Shane Boz, I wind up setting the Rays as a minus 142 favorite, and made my total an 8.8 to where an 8.5 or less, I'm going to be taking a look at an over and a 9 or higher. I'm going to be taking a look at an under if you do wind up getting Chichi Gonzalez, just a guy for his career who's got a north of a 5 ERA. Just has not been very good in general. Wound up making one start a little bit earlier this season for the Minnesota Twins. Was unimpressive at the AAA level. For some reason, they decided to actually sign him to the roster, and for some reason, they decided to give him a start, and well, it was less than impressive as he wound up giving up three runs in three innings. Somehow, some way, the Twins were able to get the win because the bullpen was actually relatively solid that night, but they're currently dealing with a lot of injuries out there in the bullpen. Emilio Pagan, along with Jorge Alcala. They're currently out of the full. Danny Columbi has been dealing with a bunch of injuries as well. He has not been seen since late May as well, so that's a little bit of an issue. And Giovanni Morin, who has been relatively solid for this bullpen, along with Jarrell Cotton, sub two ERAs for both of these guys. They're starting to get used up a little bit too much as well. Yuan Duran is someone I do like. He's able to throw north of 100 miles per hour, but you've also got a few guys that, shall we say, are a little bit less than trustworthy. Caleb Theobar, whenever he's been out there, has just been absolutely terrible for this team. We have not seen him in quite a while, and rightfully so, because he has just not been very good. Ty Duffy, he's got north of a 6 ERA, and then for the Tampa Bay Rays, this team is number 7. In terms of bullpen ERA, the Minnesota Twins going into Friday, they were more like 19th, and you got Jason Adam with a sub on ERA. You're dealing with a little bit of an injury to J.P. Fireisen, but Colin Pooch has been able to give you some relatively solid innings. Matt Weisler, a 225-ish ERA as well, and then take a look at Shane Boss. This is going to be his first start of the season, but you got to love what he was able to do during that 2021 campaign in which he wound up getting called up to the big leagues towards the back half of the season. And in the starts that he wound up having, he was able to show off his very electric stuff. He wound up being able to go 2-0 in his three regular season starts. Now, postseason start against the Boston Red Sox did not wind up going his way, but this is someone that at the minor league level was able to get a bunch of punch outs, got 18 strikeouts and 13 and a third innings at the big league level. Does a good job of being able to keep down the home runs.
months. This is a guy that is going to be a stud in this league for a long time to come. And then you take a look at the Tampa Bay Rays lineup and got guys are able to get on base towards the top of it. Harold Ramirez, Alante Andy Diaz, both hitting above 275. Randy Arena, he's been able to hit right around a 265 after a rough start to the season now. And you guys like Brett Phillips, Taylor Walls, Isaac Paredes starts about in the fold to be able to pick it up a little bit. But Manuel Margot, he's able to a go-go hitting above a 300. And then you take a look at the Minnesota Twins and Carlos Correa after he wound up being a little bit banged up towards the beginning of the season. He's been able to pick it up. He, coupled with Gio Rochelle, in between about a 275 to a 290 by Aaron Buxton, he has really been able to come alive as well. Wound up having a multi-home run game against the New York Yankees a little bit earlier this week. He's hitting a 300 over his last 15 days after you could tell that he was just banged up during the month of May. Luis Arise right around a 450 on base. Trevor Larnich is hitting right around 255. So, got some good weapons there, but with that said, if it's a bullpen game of the Twins slash Chichi Gonzalez, hard to have a lot of faith there. I typically like to fade guys coming off the injured list, but Shane Boss, someone that just has absolutely electrifying stuff, someone who I am very high on. I wound up saying the race minus 142 in this spot in Boss versus Chichi Gonzalez, and it's a spot in which an 8.5 or less would be looking at an over, a 9 or higher to the under as we wind up going to 919-920 on the main board. The Toronto Blue Jays are going to be in the road. They're going to be facing off against the Detroit Tigers as going for the Tigers, you've got one of Bo and it's going to be Kevin Gosman who's going to be taking the bump for the Blue Jays. And Chalk Chalk, surprise, surprise. Find the Blue Jays is a very sizable favorite. Anywhere between minus 215 and minus 225. And when it comes to the Detroit Tigers, well, you're going to be finding yourself a plus price here of anywhere between plus 185 and plus $2 with your total on this game. Eight right now with the eight. We're finding the over anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. And when it comes to the under, that is anywhere between a minus 105 and a minus 110. And with the Blue Jays, I did wind up making them a minus 292 favorite. This is the biggest I've set a road favorite in quite a while. And right now you're finding that run line of the Blue Jays right around a minus 130. I was willing to lay closer to a minus 160. You just take a look at Bo Bresky and it's not going well for him and for Kevin Gosman. He entered into his last start having a fielding independent that was nearly a full point better than his ERA that was already at a 250. So, I mean, it has been very impressive to take a look at Kevin Gosman and the way that he has been able to work all season long. He's not giving up walks. He's not giving up home runs. He's doing a great job of being able to get swings and misses. He is looking like one of the most dominant pitchers out there at the big league level. And you got a big against guy in Brisky who's got a 5 ERA, and quite frankly, he's really lucky that his ERA is only a 5. He has been giving up over 2 home runs per 9 innings. His walks per 9 rate is a little bit north of 3. His strikeouts per 9 rate is right around about a 6.2. So, I don't understand how things are not necessarily going worse for him as he's currently given up 7 home runs over the course of his last 4 starts. And yet, somehow, someway, he's got his ERA sub 5. You take a look at his home and road splits and for Brisky, 486 home ERA, 497 road ERA. He just is not very good no matter where he is. And he's going up against a guy, Gosman, who is getting right around 10 and a half strikeouts per nine innings. Kids giving up two home runs in 64 and two thirds innings, less than a walk per nine innings. And this is a Blue Jays offense that they just completely ignited yesterday. They wound up getting six runs in the first two innings. So that meant that a Detroit Tigers bullpen, which, I mean, the Detroit Tigers bullpen has actually been very good this season. They wound up getting taxed. Alex Lang has a sub two ERA. Will Vest, Gregory Soto, these guys have been terrific. Michael Fulmer is able to give you some good innings. Billy Peralta as well. But now you have to go into a bullpen that is taxed. It's not like Bo Brisky is necessarily going to be lending a lot of length. And you just take a look at the Detroit Tigers. Name off what all these guys have in common. Jonathan
Jason Scope, Robbie Grossman, Avi Baez, Spencer Torkelson, Eric Huss. They are all hitting below the Meadows line of a 200. It's not great. Derek Hill's hitting right around a 225. Now, I will say they get awesome. Meadows back to full 360 on base for him. Miguel Cabrera, 295 batting average, but entering into Friday, 30 home runs this season for the Tigers. Aaron Judge and John Carlos Sand as a duo. They've got about 36 right now, depending upon if they want to betting a bomb or two on Friday or not. And then you take a look at the Toronto Blue Jays and. All of a sudden, they've been able to launch with regards to their home runs. George Springer, Fly Guerrero Jr., both of these guys, 12 bombs thus far this season. Bobachette, he now has a double-digit amount of homers. Bobachette hitting a 270. Springer, a 275. Alejandro Kirk, he's got a 400 on base. He has really been able to come alive. Today, Oscar Hernandez, over the last three days, he's hitting north of a 250. Santiago Espinal has been able to get on base out with the Blue Chase. Bullpen can be a little bit shaky. Julian Merriweather, north of a 5 ERA. Adam Simber has been able to do a relatively solid job, but now you're having to rely upon someone like a Matt Gage, Trevor Richards has not been too terrific, but that said, I think that Brisky is going to get completely lit up, and this is a Tigers team that is by far dead last in the big leagues in terms of runs per game. They're generating sub three per contest. Gosman should be able to come in and just hold down the fort. If I'm taking a look at the over in the spot, I'd be banking on the Jace needing to get at least seven runs in this spot, and I just don't think that that's going to be the case. I'm going to lay the run line here with the Toronto Blue Jays, and I think that the Blue Jays, they're going to be able to put up right around six-ish runs because Brisky is going to give up his, and then the bullpen, they're going to be able to hold down the fort. So my total at 7.7, so on the 8 looking under, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Jays' run line. 921-922 on the bank board. The Cleveland Guardians are going to be playing us the Oakland A's. As you've got one, Frankie Montas going for the A's, and Zach Plesak is going to be on the bump for Cleveland. Cleveland is anywhere between a minus-115 to a minus-125 favorite. Plus-103 to plus-105 is your price on Oakland. 7.5 is your total. The over is anywhere between minus-110 and minus-120. The under is anywhere between even and minus-110, and seeing straight 8 out there as well. With that over, it is even, and the under is minus 120 and with the Oakland A's, I needed a little bit more of a plus price to be able to take a shot. I needed at least a plus 116. So seeing the minus 115 on the Cleveland Guardians, that's pretty much the max I'd be willing to lay, but it is enough for me to be able to lay it in. I think that Frankie Montas is the better starter in this spot. I mean, take a look at it, and it's not Frankie Montas's fault that right now he's got a losing record. He's got a 2-6 and six record with a 3.06 ERA. He's given up right around 1.1 home runs per 9 innings. Sub 2 walks per 9 innings. 10 strikeouts per 9 innings. The problem is you just take a look at it and the bullpen is lending him no support and the Oakland A's themselves they have scored 3 runs or fewer and now each out of his last 7 starts. Boy! I mean, it's hard to win when your team is not scoring for you at all. Meanwhile, Zach Plesek, he has been a guy that has very much pitched a contact, to say the least. He's only got 41 strikeouts over the course of 55 and a third innings, so right around 7 strikeouts per 9 innings. He's given up over a home run and a half per 9 innings. He's not going to put guys on cheaply right around 2 walks per 9 innings, and has been significantly better at home. 310 home ERA, right around a 650 ERA on the road, and he's backed up by a little bit of a better bullpen. Emmanuel Class A has been able to do a great job as a closer. Trevor Steven has been able to give you some solid innings along Nick Sandlin, sub-3 ERAs out of both of them. Sam Entages, Eli Morgan, they've got sub-250 ERAs as well, and for the Oakland A's, we've seen Danny Jimenez really start to regress. He wound up beginning the month with a sub-2 ERA that is up north of 4 now, so that's an issue, and just take a look at this Oakland A's team. Right now, you've got two guys that wound up getting the start yesterday, inning above a 240 for the team, Ramon Laureano, and the backup catcher and Christian Bethencourt, and 
None of these guys on this team have more than six home runs now. I will say, you did wind up having a pair of guys in Seth Brown, along with Sean Murphy, get home run number six yesterday, so that was very beneficial for them. But for the Cleveland Guardians, right now you've got Jose Ramirez being able to supply the boom. Entered into Friday, leading the league in RBI, 15 home runs. He's got an on-base percentage that slips below a 300. Oscar Gonzalez, he's been hitting above 360 for this team. Andres Cimentis is hitting above 300. Steven Kwan, 365 on-base. Miles Straw, hitting just a 220 by the 320 on-base. One of the better base dealers out there in the big league. So, hard to have a lot of faith here in the Oakland A's. I think that Frankie Montas delivers a good start, but it's just not going to be enough in this spot. This is a situation in which I did wind up saying my total. I had a 7.6. I would much rather have an 8 under rather than a 7.5 over personally. So, I'm taking a look at the 8s, and I'm going to be taking a look at the under. I'm with Cleveland. One to lay up to a minus 115 with them. So, look at Cleveland and looking under as we go to 923-924 on the banging board. The Baltimore Orioles at the red faceoff against the Kansas City Royals as Daniel Lynch is going to be going for the Royals. And you've got Taylor Wells on the bump for Baltimore. Baltimore is finding themselves in between minus 109 and minus 115. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Royals, you're going to be finding them in between minus 105 and plus 102. 9.5 to 10 is your total on the 9.5. Overs minus 120 and the unders even on the 10. Unders minus 115 and the overs minus 105. I do mind saying my total at a 9.3. I'm going to be taking a look at this total under end. When it comes to the Royals, set them closer to a minus 130 favorite. So I'm going to be willing to take a nibble here on the Royals because with Daniel Lynch, it certainly has been a little bit of a topsy-turvy go for him. Just really out there at the big league level in general. But I have a tough time being able to trust in Tyler Wells as well. Someone that was pitching out of the bullpen last season. He's been able to come up and he's been able to lend a little bit of length. But you still have your question marks with him. 370 ADRA. He's given up right around 1.3 home runs per nine innings. Now, stop putting guys on cheaply. 1.7 walks per nine innings. But that strikeouts per nine rate, that's right around about a 5.6. Daniel Lynch, he's able to give you a couple more punch outs right around eight strikeouts per nine innings. Now, he's been giving up the deep ball right around home run and half per nine innings. He needs to rein it in with regards to walks, four walks per nine innings, and has given up at least four runs and now three out of his last four starts, but I do think that he's going to be able to lock down a little bit more, and I do think that a Royals bullpen that currently ranks in the bottom five in the big leagues, they're going to be able to find it a little bit more. Josh Shamon has been able to pitch a little bit better recently. Albert Abreu, right around a three-ish ERA. Scott Barlow has been able to give you a sub-two ERA. Heck, the long guy, Joel Payams, has been able to give you right around a 265 ERA. It's just been the guys that get thrown out there like a Taylor Clark in long relief that have not been able to do a solid job. And for the Baltimore Orioles, I do still think that there's going to be a regression when it comes to this bullpen. I mean, you take a look at the way that some of these guys are performing, and I don't think that they're going to be finishing the year with like five ERAs or anything like that, but CNL Perez, Ore Lopez, Logan Gillespie all have a one ERA or less. I mean, that's just not sustainable right there. Marcus Stiplin, along with Dylan Tate, have been able to deliver sub two ERAs. I love Felix Bautista. He's got a buck 88 ERA himself, but also with the Baltimore Orioles, it is a case in which you don't necessarily have a ton of boom with regards to the team. Cedric Mullins has not been what he was last season. He's sitting right around 240 for the team. Now, Trey Booba Mancini, month Austin, the Say's kid. Both of these guys are hitting above a 290. Ryan Mountcastle, he's hitting right around a 255 for this bunch, but you do have Adley Rushman really struggling. Ode Mateo is hitting just a 210, but whenever he gets on base, he's able to steal some bases, but do take a look at this. Can't say Royals team, they themselves have had their issues with regards to guys being able to pick it up with regards to batting average. You've got Carlos Santana, along with Emmanuel Rivera, Whit Merrifield, Bobby Witt Jr., Salvador Perez, all hitting a 
227 or lower. Will Merrifield, though, over the last 30 days, he's hitting above a 250. You've been able to get a little bit more out of Perez ever since he's come off the injury list, and Carlos Santana has really been one of the most useless hitters in the big leagues, I would say, ever since the All-Star break last season. But I will say, in the last 30 days, he's been picking it up a little bit more. It's just a case in which the Royals don't have anyone with north of eight home runs as well, but MJ Melendez has been able to get on base. You've got Andrew Benatendi hitting a right around 310. Melendez and Hunter Dozier both hitting in the pocket about a 255 to a 260 along with Michael A. Taylor. So I do think that you're going to get a relatively good start here from Daniel Lynch. I think that the Orioles bullpen is going to start to regress. I think that the Royals bullpen is going to start to progress. So my total end of 9.3, looking under, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Royals willing to lay up to a minus 130 with them. 945, 926 on the bang board. The Seattle Mariners are going to be playing out sleep Boston Red Sox. You've got Michael Waka is going to be going for the Red Sox, and George Kirby is going to be going for the Seattle Mariners. Currently, we've got nothing up on this game. I am not sure why we don't have a line, but this is one that is off the board. But with that said, set the Red Sox as a very slight favorite. Wanted making them a minus 106 favorite, and set my total at 8.6. So an 8.5 or less, I'm going to be taking a look at an over and a 9 or higher. Going to be taking a look at the under with Michael Waka. Ever since he's come off the injury list, he hasn't necessarily regressed too much. He has made four starts ever since then. He has given up a combined seven earned runs in this time span, and he wound up just completing a game against the LA Angels in which he wanted pitching nine shutout innings, which that's very solid. He's given up four walks in these last four starts as well as a sub-2 ERA overall for the season. But George Kirby, he's starting to figure it out as well. This is a gentleman with a 338 ERA in six starts thus far. He has given up the deep ball a little bit, five home runs and 32 innings, but he's also got sub-one walk per nine innings, three walks and 32 innings. His strikeouts per nine rate is right around nine-ish, so he's able to do a nice job there. But this is also a Boston Red Sox team that is doing an absolutely amazing job of being able to put bat to ball. You've got a trio of guys in Sandra Bogarts throwing in there, J.D. Martinez and Rafael Devers all inning for this team at minimum a 319. So it's been impressive to see. You need a little bit more behind them. Alex Verdugo has been able to 250. He's really been able to emerge over the last three days. Travis Story's been a little bit up and down, but he has just terrorized the Seattle Mariners thus far this season. He's got, I believe, four home runs and north of 10 RBI against the Seattle team already this season. Currently dealing, the Red Sox are with having Kike Hernandez on the fold, and Frenchy Cadero has started to regress a little bit, but for the Red Sox, big fear with the team is a bullpen. You've been able to get some very solid innings out of Austin Davis, at Casasado Mora as well, and Enzo Robles wound up just coming off the injured list. That should be able to bolster them a little bit, but Ryan Brazier has not been good. He's got north of a 5 ERA. Jake Diekman has been a little bit all over the place. Matt Saram has had his issues. And for the Seattle Mariners, they've also been having their bullpen issues. Drew Seconderider, who was good for the team last season. He is currently at the AAA level. Matt Festa, uh, you're able to throw in there. Even someone like a Rayonis Ellis. Both of these guys, north of a 450 ERA. Brian Baruki is a guy that they're looking to for answers. That's not necessarily a great spot to be, but you do take a look at the Seattle Mariners lineup, and you've had Julio Rodriguez really be able to pick it up. He's hitting right around 300 over the last 30 days. 17 stolen bases. Leads the league, and Eugenio Suarez. His on-base percentage is north of a 320. Double-digit amount of home runs out of him. You've got Ty France. Hitting right around a 325, 38 RBI. He has been terrific. J.P. Crawford has been able to get on base as well. So I do think that both of these offenses are going to be able to have themselves a nice night. Michael Walk and George Kirby have both been able to put together solid seasons, but I think that both are doing for a little bit of regression as well. So in after less looking over 9 or higher to the under and set the Red Sox minus 106 on the money line. 927, 928 on the bank board. You've got yourself the Houston Astros playing against the Miami Marlins. You've got Braxton Garrett going for the fish. And 
from Bervaldez is going to be on the bump for the Astros. The Astros are finding themselves between minus 225 and minus 235. Meanwhile, with Miami, it's anywhere between plus 190 and plus 205, with eight and a half being your total. The under is minus 120, and the over is even. When it comes to Miami, I needed at least a plus 228 to be able to take a shot here. If you're looking at that Astros run line, finding it anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120 was willing to lay up to a minus 125 on them. So we're going to be willing to take a shot here on the Houston Astros laying around an F. Frumber Valdez does need to rein it in a little bit more in terms of the walks. He does wind up getting a little bit loose with regards to his command right around three and a half walks per nine innings, but it's allowed just three home runs per nine innings. Despite not being a swing and miss guy, does a very good job of inducing some soft contact. Opponents starting just a 212 off of him, so that's been impressive to see. He also does wind up having a 444 home ERA to a buck 61 road ERA. I do think that that's going to correct itself, and Braxton Garrett in his first start of the season against the San Francisco Giants gave up four runs in three and a third innings. He has made a couple other major league starts, so it's not the end all be all for him. You take a look at what he wound up doing at the big league level during the 2021 season. He wound up having seven starts and more of a five ERA, 720 ERA on the road, 332 ERA at home. You take a look at him at the minor league level and a guy that's able to get some relatively good swings and misses, but it's been much like we've seen out there at the big league level. Command has been lacking. Last year, he wound up having north of five walks per nine innings, and he's backed up by Miami Marlins bullpen that is in the bottom half of the big leagues in terms of ERA. You wound up seeing Lewis Head enter into the month of June with a 1-1-3 ERA that is now north of five. Richard Blyer has a north of four ERA. Anthony Bender has been having a tough time of it. Whatever he's out there, it looks like he's going to be unavailable for this series. Tommy Nance has been able to do an okay job along with Anthony Bass. He's got a sub-two ERA, but this is a Houston Astros team that they've got the number one bullpen ERA out there in the big leagues. It's been why they've been the best under team out there in Major League Baseball. You've had so many guys like a Rafael Montero throwing there, even Brian Abreu, Ryan Stanek, all these guys with a sub-3 ERA and really been able to step up and you take a look at this Houston Astros lineup and it's still very much fearsome. You've got Jose Altuve has been able to do a nice job getting on base. He, Michael Brantley, along with Jordan Alvarez, on between a 280 and a 300. Alvarez, 17 home runs this far this season. Altuve has been able to supply the boom with 11. Kyle Tucker, 260 batting average, but a very good on base. He's got 10 home runs to 10 stolen bases. Alex Bregman is hitting just a 220 with a great batting average, but he's been able to get on base. Jeremy Pena has been solid as well for the Miami Marlins. Jazz Chislam apparently has been ruffling feathers out there in the clubhouse, but he's got a double-digit amount of homers. He's hitting at 255. Asus Aguiar seen a little bit of regression. He, Asus Sanchez, throwing there. Ode Soler, Miguel Ross, all these guys are in between about a 240 to a 220. You have to have Soler be able to give you 12 home runs, and he's been able to do a solid job of being able to get on base, and Garrett Cooper is hitting right around 320, but the Marlins certainly do have their bullpen issues. Braxton Garrett just has proven that he's not necessarily a big league pitcher at this point. I am one to take a look at the Astros on the run line in the spot as a result because I do think that you're going to see Garrett give up a lot of free passes. And as a result, I do want to say my total at an 8.8. Astros have been a very good team to the under. Would not be surprised if we wind up seeing their bullpen regress a little bit more, but the offense really start to round into form as well. Looking at the Astros on the run line and looking at the total over as we go to 929-930 on the bank board. We've got the Chicago Cubs in the road facing off against the New York Yankees as one Jordan Montgomery is going to be going for the Yankees. And you've got the Schwarmer in match Schwarmer going for the Cubs. And the Cubs, they are a hefty underdog here. Anywhere between plus 190 and plus 220. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Yankees, it's anywhere between minus 235 and minus 250, with 9 being your total. With the 9, the over and the under, anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. And I did wind up saying my total had a 9.2. I'm going to be taking a look at this total over. You take a look at what you've been able to get this season out of the New York Yankees, and they have just been ripping the cover off the ball. I mean, Aaron Judge entered into front 
Friday with 22 home runs thus far this season. He has been nothing short of masterful for this team. And then beyond that, just so many other guys being able to step up, help out this team as well. John Carlos Santana is hitting nearly a 275 with 12 home runs. DJ turned it up, LeMayu, along with Isaiah Canarfalefa. These two guys in between about a 265 to a 275. Flavor Torres, Josh Johnson along with even Marwan Gonzalez hitting a 242-250 with Torres. Double-digit amount of formers for him. Donaldson, a 350 on base. So, I mean, it's a great lineup. And for the Chicago Cubs, you got guys that are able to get on base. The power hasn't necessarily been there for this team. They're averaging nearly a run per game lower on the road than they are at home, but Patrick Wisdom has been able to supply the boom. Double-digit amount of homers for this team. Problem is, he strikes at an over 40% of his at-bats, but Ian App, along with Christopher Morrell, these guys have a 375 on base. Wilson Contreras, he's been able to do a solid job. 400 on base, 10 home runs for this team. Rafael Ortega, he's got right around 360 on base, so that's been nice to see, but this is a Cubs bullpen that started out the year very solid. They are now starting to regress a little bit. Scott Efres has seen his ERA go up to right around a 3-ish over the last 15 days. He's got an ERA that's hovering right around 540. We've been seeing that with a bunch of other guys like a Chris Martin is right now. A guy that's rocking an ERA that is nearly at a 4 after a very solid start to the year. Rowan Wick has started to regress. And for the Yankees, they already own some bullpen ailments as well. Roldis Chapman currently out of the fold for the team. Tag Green is out for the remainder of the season. I can't see Clay Holmes keeping up a 0-33 ERA. I love what he's been able to do this season. That's just unreal. Clark Schmidt is starting to get hit around a little bit, but you do take a look at what you're able to get out of Jordan Montgomery. And this guy has been a very steady pitcher for this team. Not a guy that's going to go out there and just get a whole bunch of swings and misses, right around seven strikeouts per nine innings, but sub two walks per nine innings, less than a home run, give it up per nine innings as well. He has given up two runs or fewer in four out of his last five starts, a lone outlier. He wanted giving up just three runs, and he's given up a combined two walks over the course of his last four starts, and then when it comes to Mr. Swarmer, he was able to do a good job of being able to get swings and misses out there at the minor league level, and I do think that this is a guy that has a feature here with the Chicago Cubs. You take a look at what he's done in his brief major league career. He has given up three home runs over the course of 12 innings. He's leaving balls out over the plate a little bit too much. So when he does wind up getting it, he does wind up getting it very hard and he's been the victim of a few unearned runs as well. He has been able to get 11 punch outs in his 12 innings, which has been relatively rock solid and the command, not necessarily too bad, but not backed up by necessarily a great bullpen going to Yankee Stadium for the first time. I think that that's going to be messing with him a little bit as well. I do want to say my total at a 9.2. I do think that the Yankees are going to be able to clobber him in this spot. So I'm looking over and with the Yankees, was willing to lay up to a right around about a minus 140 on the run line with them. Currently find that anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. I'm going to reduce the juice. I'm going to look at the Yankees on the run line, and I'm going to be looking at this total over, and we wrap things up with 931-932 on the betting board. You've got the LA Angels. They're going to be playing also the New York Mets. One Carlos Carrasco is going to be going for the Mets, and Michael Lorenzen is going to be on the bump for the Angels. Sold on scheme is 8.5 over is minus 115. The under is minus 105 with the Angels in between plus 115 and plus 120 is your price. Meanwhile, with the Metropolitans, it's anywhere between minus 130 and minus 135 and need at least a plus 120 to be able to take a shot here. We have gotten to that plus 120 on the Angels, so I'm going to be willing to take a shot here. Now, Ding dong, the witch is dead. They finally were able to get a win as they wound up concluding their series against the Red Sox on Thursday with one. And when it comes to Michael Lorenzen, not a guy that's going to go out there and is going to get a lot of strikeouts, right around seven strikeouts per nine innings, but it's kept the ball in the yard, giving up right around 0.7 home runs per nine innings. Carlos Carrasco, he's been able to do the same for the Mets, right around a half home run per nine innings, giving up three bombs in 64 innings. And to his credit, 
right around 1.7, 1.8 walks per nine. His strikeout numbers, eight and a half punch outs per nine. That is solid with the bet. So you do have a little bit of shakiness when it comes to this bullpen. I like what I've seen out of Drew Smith, but Jason Shreve, he's got an ERA that's hovering right around a four-ish. Same for Jolie Rodriguez. Adam Adovino has been a little bit up and down as well, but I am looking no further than the Angels when it comes to shaky bullpens as Ryan DeBera, Rossiel Iglesias, Aaron Loop, the three guys that you were really trusting in to be able to be very solid cogs for the team. All of them have ERAs that are north of a 375 over Ortega as well. Jimmy Harrigan might actually be the best guy in the bullpen thus far this season. And you do take a look at this Angels lineup. They've been dealing with a little bit of an injury to Mike Trout. That does wind up hurting them a little bit. But you've still got Showtime. Shoei Otani has been able to do a very terrific job with regards to the team. He's been able to belt out 12 home runs thus far this season. He's been able to get on base. And Jared Walsh has been able to do a solid job as well. Double-digit amount of homers. He's hitting right around 8.250. What has really been hurting this team under the radar is the fact that Taylor Ward has been pretty banged up with this bunch. Anthony Rendon was starting to pick it up as well before he wound up getting injured. But Max Sassy is hitting right around 250 for this team. Joe Adele is starting to pick it up as well. He wound up having a nice back half of the series against the Boston Red Sox, being able to get a multi-hit game there. And he wound up getting a hit in each out of the last three games of that series. So I do think that he's going to be able to do a solid job with regards to this Angels team. And then take a look at the flip side for the New York Mets. Currently the number one team in the big leagues in terms of batting average. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of regression in terms of the infield singles that they're getting, but there's no question Buck Showalter is doing a terrific job with the team as you take a look at the Mets on the road. They're hitting a 255 as a collective. Pete Alonso last year led the big leagues in home runs on the road. He's already got nine road home runs this season, 16 in total, so he's been able to do a nice job. You take a look at Brandon Nomo. He's hitting right around 280 on the road. Jeff McNeil, nearly a 400 on base when he's away from home as well, so you've got a lot of guys that have been pretty, pretty consistent, but when it comes to both of these bullpens, I do think that there's a little bit of shakiness. I do think that Carlos Carrasco is going to start to regress a little bit more. I think that Michael Lorenzen, he sort of is what he is at this point, needs to reduce the three and a half walks per nine innings, but it's been relatively solid. Anything north of plus 120, willing to take a shot here on the Angels, and we have just gotten there, and I do mind saying my total at an 8.7 with the way that the Mets have been hitting, and the Angels, they still have firepower with regards to this offense, even without Mike Trout. So, looking at the over, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Angels at north of a plus 120, and that will wrap things up for the Saturday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Vison Family Podcast. Big thanks to mid-major Matt, a.k.a. Matt Joseph, for joining me in the last segment. If you do like hearing from this fine podcast, the Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to this in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters ZM, maybe it does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find a five-star review. Coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, and that means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is is uncanny usa 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.